Hey leaders, before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a free event that I'm hosting, your personal leadership audit live workshop. I've put the workshop together because if you want to stand out as an exceptional leader, you have to know yourself inside and out. Understanding your strengths and weaknesses is critical. And for that, you need a high degree of self-awareness and a commitment to self-reflection. Now, if you're committed to unlocking your leadership potential, then working through a self-assessment like this is going to help you to quickly identify a path to higher impact. I'll be leading you through a deep dive into the seven imperatives of my No Bullshit Leadership Framework, so that by the end of the session, you'll know exactly what areas you need to develop if you really want to stand out from the crowd. We're only opening up 150 spots, so register now at yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. That's yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to martingmore.com or send us an email at hello at martingmore.com and we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more. Access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hey there, and welcome to episode 201 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode, finding your purpose. How important is it? I recently came across two articles on Business Insider, which piqued my interest. They were written by two men, both authors, consultants, and thought leaders, who've been celebrated in their closely related fields. The first is Marcus Buckingham, whose article proposed the idea that finding a career with purpose is actually a lie. 
The second article was from Tom Rath, who postulated that at some point you must have a purpose or it's going to affect your long-term well-being, prosperity and happiness. Which of these is true? Are they both true to some extent? I love a good intellectual challenge, so I decided to dive in and try to figure out what the basis was for these vastly different conclusions. I've had a feeling for a while that purpose has become a panacea. Follow your purpose, we're told. These days, it almost seems as though pursuing anything other than your true purpose is frowned upon. And it's probably fair to say that the generations coming into the workforce now are far more purpose-driven than I ever was. So I'll tee off by looking at what the research says. I'll then share some of my personal experiences, including a word or two on the role that money plays. And I'll finish with a few ideas for finding purpose in whatever it is you do. So let's get into it. What does the research tell us? Well, let's start with Tom Rath. Rath is an author, researcher and academic. His best-known book is StrengthsFinder 2.0, and it's a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Rath consults on engagement, well-being, and of course, our strengths. What he says is, at some point, you have to go beyond the paycheck. You deserve a job that serves your life, and you deserve a life that serves your job, career, calling, or higher purpose. Well, at this stage, I've got to tell you, I found myself mildly triggered by the word deserve. It's my very strong belief that I deserve nothing, except the things that I'm prepared to diligently pursue myself. No one owes me anything. Life itself owes me nothing. We all make our choices and we get exactly what we deserve as a result of those choices. Having said that, Rath's research is incredibly interesting. He looked at purpose from the perspective of general health and happiness. Only one activity of the 39 activities that were nominated rated lower than work, and that was being at home sick in bed. Rath's view is that bad jobs actually shorten human life expectancy. In fact, a bad job could be more detrimental than being unemployed. Now, mental approach and framing has a lot to do with this. Rath suggests don't think of work in terms of a paycheck. Think of it in terms of improving other people's lives. He undertook a longitudinal study of a number of people over a nine-year period. People who had a strong sense of purpose in that first year were both financially better off and happier at the end of year nine. According to Rath, we tend to set low expectations for ourselves. We are our own worst enemy. We take a course of study in a job based on the money, and it's not until much later that we think about our purpose. I'm absolutely sure that's true. Let's go to Marcus Buckingham. His best-known book is probably his first, which was called First Break All the Rules, which he released over 20 years ago. In 2011, he also released a book on strengths called Standout. So, very similar background to Tom Rath. It was actually Buckingham's article that caught my eye. He says, purpose is a lie. Okay, pretty strong words there. Now, he's not rubbishing the concept of purpose. Having purpose is definitely a good thing. 
It's more a case that overly focusing on purpose is distracting, and it even makes one feel guilty. He uses some industry examples. So nursing and teaching are two industries that rate high on purpose, but the day-to-day stresses of the job regularly spit people out. Buckingham's view is that purpose is far less important than the tasks that fill your day. He says that some of the most successful people he knows haven't figured out their true purpose yet, and I'm sure that's true too. To get real joy and satisfaction, you should find out which tasks give you joy and bring you energy. The ones that move you into flow state, where you can be doing them for hours on end and just not notice the time flying by. Buckingham calls these red threads. They're the tasks that energise you and that you can get lost in. Now this is super interesting. I can entirely relate to this. The concept of having work that you enjoy is critical. And I suspect that there's also something to the view that there's a certain pressure that comes with focusing too much on trying to find your life's purpose. It's an unspoken pressure that comes from all the books, blogs, articles and podcasts that talk about pursuing your true purpose. It's almost as if, unless you're pursuing your true purpose, you're somehow less worthy than those people who do. But what are we actually talking about here? Don't forget the object of the exercise, to live fulfilling, worthwhile and happy lives. There are lots of elements that contribute to this, which are too numerous to get into here. But I do love the quote from Dale Carnegie. Carnegie, of course, wrote the classic book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. He said, success is getting what you want. Happiness is wanting what you get. Purpose is in the eye of the beholder, and we each find it in completely different ways. Now, here's where we get to what I consider to be a very important distinction. There's a big difference between having a purpose and living your life's purpose. And confusing these two things can be quite dangerous. You could spend a lot of time agonising over your life's purpose, all the while watching your life pass meaninglessly by without a purpose. Having a purpose is awesome. It gets you out of bed in the morning and it puts a spring in your step. For example, I know people who find deep purpose in their job working for a company that delivers renewable energy projects. They can see that they're speeding our transition from a fossil fuel-based economy to a low-carbon future. It is noble, it is worthwhile, and no doubt brings deep satisfaction. Now, I know what I'm going to say now isn't fashionable, but interestingly, I found purpose in my executive roles even when they weren't perceived to be such noble pursuits. Many people were quite judgmental that I ran a company that predominantly operated coal-fired power stations. But that company provided an essential service. Without my company's assets running efficiently, people would have paid many multiples higher for their electricity. They would have worried about intermittent blackouts and losses of lighting and air conditioning. Industries that rely on stable, secure energy supply wouldn't have been able to operate, and their customers wouldn't have been able to benefit from the products they produce. Historically, cheap, reliable energy has brought prosperity and a high standard of living to hundreds of millions of people globally. So, lights and air conditioning, courtesy of us, you're welcome. 
But I also knew, being very pragmatic, that the only chance I had to personally influence a sensible transition from carbon-based energy to renewable energy was to do it as an inside job. Now, quite separate from this was the purpose I carried from industry to industry, company to company and role to role. That purpose was to improve the lives of the stakeholders of the company, customers, staff, suppliers and shareholders. Running a business more efficiently, producing outcomes that may have been previously unheard of, these things fulfilled my purpose to have real impact. Was it my life's purpose? Well, no, but there was purpose in what I did. It was a purpose. Discovering my true nature and purpose was a different matter altogether. Now, it's worth taking a brief tour of my career path to demonstrate the role that purpose played and to consider the impact of those times when I didn't actually have any purpose. But first, a word about money. Neither Buckingham or Rath talk about satisfaction being derived purely from making money. They both see it largely as a transactional process that doesn't satisfy our real desires or drives. And look, I believe in that 100%. But let's not get silly about this. I've never been driven purely to acquire wealth. I'm not materialistic, and the older I get, the less meaning it has in my life. I've always seen money as a byproduct of doing the right things with the right intent and doing them really well. Excellence in performance and superior results are rewarded. But I've got to tell you, life is so much better when money is not one of your dominant concerns. Money gives you choices, options, and flexibility. Being able to live comfortably and not worry about how you're going to pay the bills is incredibly valuable. And until that concern is removed, you'll be forever trapped at the lower levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Never being able to focus properly on self-actualization. And this is critical if you want to pursue your purpose. Now, you don't need to have a billion dollars in the bank. And if you're miserable now, then the billion dollars won't make you any happier. But don't fall into the trap of thinking that your purpose should be the only thing and that money is unimportant. Although Buddhists may argue this point with me, I really believe that in our developed world, money is an essential enabler for a life of fulfilment. Okay, so where was I? My career experience. I started out when I left school studying law at the University of Sydney. And I've got to tell you, I had zero purpose. I didn't particularly want to be a lawyer and found the law itself to be rather dull. Now, anyone who's studied federal constitutional law in Australia will know exactly what I mean. No purpose, no fun. The fact that I never completed that degree was entirely foreseeable. Some might even say inevitable. Then. I moved into the burgeoning field of computer programming and software development. And this is long before tech was cool, believe me. Once again, clearly not my life's purpose, probably not even a purpose. I developed software programs for financial processing in banks, uh, for passenger load predictions in airlines, and for trade waste analysis in water supply utilities. But I really enjoyed what I was doing. This is the classic red thread 
that Marcus Buckingham described. And I was really happy doing what I was doing. Until I wasn't. I got bored with the technical nature of software development and wanted to grow and to be challenged. So I moved into project management. Much tougher roles, leading people in much more challenging environments. I loved it. I stretched myself and I learnt quickly. And lo and behold, quite accidentally, purpose was starting to creep in, as I could see the impact a well-run project could have on everyone involved. Every day, I came to work with high energy, even when the going was at its toughest. This really filled my cup for a few years, I've got to tell you. But then, of course, I needed a new challenge. My red threads were once again becoming a little dull. I realised that as much fun as I was having running software development projects, it wasn't making a material difference. IT was awesome, but it wasn't where the action was. It wasn't the main game. So in 2001, I decided to put a plan in place to break out of IT and into mainstream business. Was this my life's true purpose? Well, no, not really. I was just looking for another red thread. And I found it. This was the start of a number of years of pursuing my C-level roles, which eventually led me to my defining corporate role as Chief Executive of CS Energy. Now, right throughout this time, I found purpose every day and many red threads to pursue. I had an incredibly satisfying and rewarding corporate career, but it wasn't an expression of my true nature and purpose. I worked out in 2007 that I was put on this planet to do something different but I didn't know what form it was going to take or how to enact it until 2018 when I started this business with my daughter, Emma. My life's purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. And even though I didn't know it at the time, everything I did leading up to this moment was channeling into my purpose, even though I had no idea what that was. All the red threads, all the things I learned about finding purpose in my work prepared me perfectly for my higher calling. And I didn't work it out until I was in my mid-50s. So don't panic if your life's purpose hasn't yet revealed itself to you. Okay, I'm going to finish with a few tips to help you to relax around your purpose, enjoy your career, and find meaning in everything you do. I've got six points. Number one, play to your strengths. Your strengths are a combination of two things. What are you good at? And what do you enjoy doing? If you're going to find the red threads, the tasks you really love working on that make your job fun and interesting, play to your strengths. This is a no regrets move, so start here. Number two, don't force it. You can't just allocate some time and sit down on a Saturday afternoon with a piece of paper and pen and a nice gin and tonic to work out your life's purpose. It's a process of deep introspection and discovery. And when you first find your true nature and purpose, it may be entirely unclear as to what that actually means. So don't force it. Don't feel insecure or inferior just because you haven't yet discovered your purpose. Most people never find it. Take your time. Have faith that it will come. Number three, having said don't force it, well, it's true, but don't wait for it either. If you ignore it altogether, you may find that the years slip by and you've effectively painted yourself into a corner. 
You're trapped by your circumstances and it's too hard to break out and do something else. Be mindful and aware without being compulsively obsessed. We all have a true nature and purpose that's waiting for us to uncover. Number four, find purpose in what you do before you find your life's purpose. There's a huge amount of purpose to be found in the little things. This is the distinction between a purpose and your life's purpose. I found purpose in making people's experience better, bringing greater satisfaction and value to customers, helping an organisation to perform better so that it was more likely to be self-perpetuating. Number five, when you do find your purpose, act sensibly. Finding your purpose can actually be dangerous. If you don't know what you're doing, you might follow your purpose right off the edge of a cliff. Knowing what you're meant to do and being equipped to do it are two entirely different things. If your true purpose requires you to run a business, as many of them do, then you better work out how to run a business before launching headlong into your purpose with romantic notions of success. The side of the road is littered with the corpses of people who had a clear purpose but couldn't manage a pig to get dirty. Remember, it took me 10 years to go from knowing my purpose to actually being able to execute on that knowledge. Finally, number six, until then, do the stuff that you enjoy and makes you money. Follow your strengths, find your red threads, find purpose in the little things, do what brings you joy and satisfaction, and never work in a toxic environment. Life's way too short. The concept of purpose is as essential as it is fascinating. But don't be caught up in the hype that makes you feel that you're somehow less if you aren't living out your true purpose every day. Find the things that you enjoy in your work, make enough money so that you can free yourself up to think about the higher order pursuits, and be patient. Your purpose will come, and then you'll have a much more difficult choice to make. Now that I know what my purpose is, do I actually have the courage to pursue it? All right, so that brings us to the end of episode 201. Thanks so much for joining us, and remember at Your CEO Mentor, we do have a purpose to improve the quality of leaders globally. So don't be afraid to share this with the leaders in your network. You never know who it's going to help. I'm really looking forward to next week's episode, Leading in a Low-Performance Culture. Until then, I know you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no-bullshit leader. <laughs>